Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast, presented by HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, and its Digital Marketing Council. And now, your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Digital Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and then this is episode number 129. We're in live Friday, November 11th, 2016 where every week we spend around 20 minutes sharing the most interesting news about tools, news, techniques that are being used in digital marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show that also airs every Friday earlier than this show called This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing, and that starts at 10.30 Central U.S. time. So with all that, let's get started. The tool for the week is one that I used quite quickly to help promote with HSMAI the Rocket conferences that I'm uh, having the pleasure to participate in over the past couple of weeks and the next forwarding couple of weeks. I did the one in Vancouver, and I'll be doing the one in Phoenix. Now, um, the program itself is free, which is, makes it fun. Of course, you, they always have a paid-for version to it. It's called Vengage, V-E-N-N-G-A-G-E, um, and it makes infographs. And it has some really neat, fun templates. And of course, all the good, good stuff that you would want to put into the infograph um, templates are on their premium or what you would pay for version of this. But they have a lot of good stuff in spite of all that that is in their free templates. They want to get you engaged in using the platform so they're not going to make everything a difficult and costly thing to participate in. And so I was able to do a free infograph. Now, why is that a valuable tool? Well, infographs are a visual way of conveying a message that sometimes can get lost by it being in the written word or even something simple like just doing a podcast or something. Sometimes visual engagement by, by making something broken down by uh, images and icons and stats and so forth, you can create a, a storyline from finish to end as to what you want to project as information you want to share. Now, from a hotel's point of view, there are specific values that info, uh, infographs can provide, more from a sales perspective, but also from a discovery point of view. Now, we've had many discussions on this show about storytelling, and storytelling not in the, in the context of once upon a time, but what is the story of your hotel? Other than being a building where it's located, uh, with the number of rooms that you have, and the amount of money that I have to pay to stay in one of those rooms, what else? Why was the building built there? What's what's the history of the building? What's the, the, the history of the people that work at the building? What's the unique uh, value of its location? What's surrounding the hotel? These are all content questions that wrap themselves around a story about your hotel. And you can take a lot of that information and rather than making it factual like you would do in an SEO, um, proposition for your website where it's bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, so that it can be indexed correctly, crawled correctly, and used efficiently for relevancy. Instead, a, an infograph can give you a visual way of conveying information in a more engaging way. Uh, what to do with kids from five to seven year olds at your resort on the beach in February can be an infograph. Why so? Because you can 
through the process of visualization that an infograph provides. It's not a slide deck like a PowerPoint. It's not a single ad image that has a beautiful beach with a rating that you've tacked in front of it. It's a, a visual storyline that you can put content in that can convey a message that you otherwise might get lost in the details. So it does have value, very specific value. It can be overused as any tool can be. Uh, people tend to use uh, email account templates over uh, an abundant amount uh, where they, they people like and respond well to an email template, they will use it to death. It's good to take those things and shelve them every once in a while and rotate them to make them special, not to burn them out to the point of exhaustion of the familiarity and the similarities that they keep insistently getting each time you send an email. And same too with infographs. They have to constantly change up. You can't just get hooked on one template and boom, that's the one you use for everything. You just change the context that it's being used for. You need to constantly change up the visualization just as much as you change up the content with it. So if you get the chance, you want to play with infographics, and I say play with it meaning free, uh, then you can go to Vengage, and that's V-E-N-N-G-A-G-E dot com. As always, all of the links and information that we talk about on the show are in the show notes at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 129. So with that, you'll be able to go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast forward slash 129. And you'll go to uh, the players that we have um, to play this back uh, live and on the page itself and the show notes. Or if you are a subscriber on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, what have you. You'll be able to play the podcast and simply go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast and get the same notes. So with that, that is our tool for this week. And we now, as always, do a recap of our live show uh, that we have earlier in the day on Friday, as I mentioned. Uh, our co-host this week was the uh, inevitable Mr. Edward St. Ange with Flip2, Mr. Tim Peter with Tim Peter and Associates, a uh, brief cameo appearance by Mr. Robert Cole, who was in transit and so he was calling us from the car so we got an audio component of him for a little while uh, then we had of course holly zoba um, who was with us online she didn't join us visually but she was online with uh, notes and questions and mr eric door who also uh, joined us uh, as a host online with uh, asking questions and giving feedback which we always enjoy on the show so with everyone participating the big topic that we tried not to linger too much on is the elections are over Ta-da. Now what? And we talked about the impact of what we can be aware of right now as to what the election results entail. What does it really mean to our hospitality industry in any way that we can understand it for right now? And pretty much the consensus is the, is the same as that everyone's facing right now. It's the, okay, now that that's done, we have no real pattern to base this off of. Change solicits opportunity. And this is a lot of change. So that means that there's a lot of opportunity. There's always been the preconception of next year being flat to this year at the very best and potentially even a downturn uh, starting next year. So if that be the case, then of course, prudency as to growth expectations, prudency as to getting your proverbial home and house together marketing wise so that you have a strategy rather than a reactionary uh, um engagement with the market should it take a downturn that you're prepared for it with tools that are in the breach that you can use techniques services programs strategies that you say okay if these things conditionally happen then we need to be taking this off the shelf and using rather than oh my gosh this is happening what should we do about it by then it's too late and that's when you end up going to otas and anybody else that can sell your inventory because they have a marketing plan in advance to put your inventory to market and you don't so they end up reaping the benefit of getting their percentage by selling your product. So 
we did discuss the political ramifications in that. We, of course, accounted for different political opinions of how people have reacted to all of this, none of our own in the sense of trying to put the banter into it, always keeping it to the twist of hospitality. So um, we also went into a qualitative versus a quantitative value of data. Uh, there have been interpretations that, and this was inspired from the political conversation, that all data is wrong. It should all be thrown out. Everybody that's using data, uh, there's holes in the process. Uh, we're relying too much on just data use and not in inter its interpretation. And we all agree that's kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, data is, as you can imagine, garbage in, garbage out. If you don't put good data in, you're not going to get good data results out of that. But by the same token, you have to always look at the uh, content under the auspices of what are you looking at it for? What's the goal? As a matter of fact, that question was brought up by Edward a lot. He says, anytime you take on a new project, you should always be asking the one critical question. What is the goal of this project? And it can be as I'm keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, you know, my competitors, they're doing it, so I should be doing it. Um, I'm doing it because uh, no, I haven't done it before. Whatever it is, it, just identify for what it is and be true to it. Simply tackling a new project or going to a new process without a clear idea as to why you're doing it, you're going to be fraught with danger because you don't know if you're being successful at it because you don't know what to measure it to what you started it for. So it's very good advice that I ever gave that if anything you do as a project, <clears throat> make sure that you start with the goal in mind. Why am I doing this? Now, Robert joined us for a brief moment and he was recanting a little bit of his experiences speaking up at the Wisconsin Hotel Lodging Association which he made a statistical reference that it's either the third or the fourth largest hotel association in North America, which you wouldn't expect in the Wisconsin market. You would think that there'd be other markets that are larger than that, but I guess he, he made the, that he knows that because he handles those kind of numbers. But he was talking that um, the GM there made a comment. He said that revenue managers are the worst things to have happened to hospitality. And that got us going on a fun dialogue as to why would somebody say that? And then again, also, why would they believe it to be true. And there is the divide in our industry between those who are hospitality-based in their service and that those are profit-based or business-based in their service. Uh, and the most blatant example of comparing those two is a company that owns a hospitality industry for doing hospitality versus owning a hospitality industry uh, and doing it as an asset. Because decisions for revenue spends or dollar spends or revenue strategies or guest services are all based on the core of why they're doing it, going back to that goal. And uh, obviously his was the perception that revenue management takes too much data and is divided and driven too much in short-term profitabilities and not in long-term hospitality strategies of good service, engagement, lifetime values of guests, but rather rate and yield revenue on a short-term basis. So it was interesting that you actually get to flip the chairs and look on both sides of the table of that conversation. There's merit to this decision that anytime you're, when you're driven with that kind of short-sighted goal only, that you are giving up on the value of what we represent as an industry as hospitality. But if you also don't make sure that those are your goals, you won't be in business long, no matter how inspired you are to give proper hospitality. So there is a fine balance between the two that we discussed with that. Uh, we also brought up a very a great article that was written for Leonardo uh, for Diane Rondeau's uh, platform that um, Edward St. Ange did called Top 5 Hotel Marketing Mistakes. Again, the link is in the show notes, and I highly recommend you take a look at this uh, um, 
blog that uh, content he wrote for uh, Leonardo. I'm just going to go through the top five mistakes uh, in statement only. Um, of course, they're up for interpretation and love feedback from if you'd like to comment on our show at any time, please reach us out at podcast at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. Send me your thoughts, your feedback, any suggestions for topics, as well as if you're feeling that you're confident that you would like to be interviewed on the show as well. We, as you keep track with our shows, you know that we do interview people, both industry leaders and product uh, developers uh, that provide service products to the industry on a regular basis. And we always enjoy and solicit to that kind of dialogue. So the blog that um, Ed wrote, the top five mistakes hotels make in marketing and the path to fix them. First statement out of the five is marketing to themselves as being a mistake. And it's unfortunately all too true. We empathize with our market strategy when it resonates with us. But what we forget is that we are not only our own customer to that process. We may be an aspect of our customers for our hotel because we provide service that we equate with, but we aren't by definition exactly the same for everybody that walks through the door of the hotel. Which goes back to last week's podcast where I talked about the synergies for 2017 of, uh, and I hate using that word synergies, it's such a buzzword, right? Um, But the developing meld between digital marketing, revenue management, operations, and sales to a a degree. They have more functionality over form when it comes to stuff. But the realization that each aspect that just were mentioned has an insight to what business is being done and how it's being done. Operations has the real face-to-face engagement of who's actually staying at your hotel or coming to your restaurant, enjoying your spa or your golf facilities or whatever. And they see and react and know why people are there, what brought them in, because they talk with them and they understand those people. And so they understand the operational requirements to facilitate their satisfaction of expectations of hospitality. Then you have revenue management, which is historical data based of previous demands, previous occupancies, previous ADRs and length of stays and so forth, that that data is used to project forward demand by by mathematically looking at what the demand cycle is, looking at pace, uh, same time to last year, if your pace is, what your rate resistance is to market based on what's being offered. But a lot of historical data is based on those revenue choice decisions. So then you bring in digital marketing. Digital marketing has forward thinking data. It's able to track what dates people are looking for on your websites, the traffic that is coming to your website or through your ad campaigns through attribution string modeling, that you can see what people are engaging with way ahead of the the factual data that revenue managers deal with, which is booking windows, booking date, length of stay, and departure dates. All that happens after digital marketing is aware of touching onto the website, content that was used to to drive that traffic, interest in that traffic, dates of that traffic, geolocation of the traffic interest, feeder markets associated with it. When all of that gets combined with revenue management's abilities and operations knowledge, along with data from digital marketing, and those are put together, now you're making choices that you're not marketing to just yourself. That was a long answer for just number one of them. Only competing at time of transaction. It's a deadly thing to think that looking down at your toes and traveling at 100 miles an hour, that you're only looking at the moment of conversion. It's an unrealistic measurement of business success, and it's an unrealistic sustainable marketing strategy. You have to look well in advance of the point of conversion and transaction to know how to engage your guest and bring content that's relevant to their decision process in front of them at the time that they're most interested so that when they do come to the point of transaction, that ZMOT, as Google likes to call it, zero moment of truth, that you are of main consideration for their purchase, not driving your entire market strategy to only that point of making sure that this would be the time today at this time that they're going to want to buy something. Let's make sure my ad shows up in front of them. It doesn't always work by far. 
Spamming their email database was item number three out of the five that Ed made points to. And that is coming back to something I just said earlier in this show, that when you get success by doing something, you immediately want to do, repeat that success. And you end up doing it in very unsupportive ways. People don't really realize the value of losing when somebody unsubscribes from your email list that you have that they were a part of. You've lost the lifetime value of that guest because they have effectively said, do not contact me ever again this way. And until I contact you back, which is unlikely because I just now told you I don't want to talk to you anymore, you've lost their value proposition in the long-term sense, which comes from taking an email database that's not qualified to the market offer that you're creating of something that is not interested to the person that's receiving it simply because they're on your grand list. More isn't better. Quality of who you're sending it to at the time that they're most interested in it is by far a higher value proposition of filtering your email strategies than it is to simply say, I have a very large email database or let's take the entire email database and send everybody an email because you're going to get a lot of people that just, one, are not interested, two, can't take advantage of the offer even if they were interested, and three, after enough frequency of having irrelevant emails, don't want to waste their time with you anymore, and unsubscribing, you've lost that value proposition to them. The fourth out of the five is using a discount-based strategy. This has been the bane between digital marketing and revenue managers for a very long time. It has often been thought that digital marketers' sole reason for talking to revenue managers was to get some sort of value add or discount value proposition that they could then market with and solicit business to the point that revenue managers would be very resistant to working with digital marketing teams because it seemed like their hand was out for this all the time. And it's not necessary to always discount your offer. Again, going back to the storytelling and the discoveries that digital marketing has data about that can be targeted to what you can get in front of people at the right time. A lot of it is branding and awareness. They're being faced with a lot of choices and a lot of decisions. Paralysis of choice. It's a great read if you ever get the chance. Um, and so with all the choices that they have, the distinctions sometimes are, are get lost. And, and, and it's not just a price issue. It's sometimes a, a value proposition to what it, the person is interested in doing or where your location is in basis to things that they're interested in. Those things have to be discovered through a process of storytelling of how they interact with what content you're putting out there. Obviously, if they're looking at pages that talk about you being next door to something they like to go see and they engage with your organic content that has the same uh, relevance to that, that, that thing that's next door and they're looking at offers based on dates because of an event that's the thing next door, then you can begin to realize that if you were to simply make sure that you're in front of these people at a time that, that can be determined that would be most interesting for them to come stay with you because of what exists next door to your hotel, that's a much higher value than simply saying you have to discount something to get their attention because then you just put money back on the table. So I was out in four out of five. Number five, setting it and forgetting it. This goes to your marketing strategy. This goes to your guest engagement, your guest satisfaction, and hospitality. It's not, people often think that by the time we give a key to a guest and they're up in the room, our work has been done. We've, we've accommodated what they've needed. We've, they've come to the hotel. They are now in the hotel and they're in the room. Our service is done. Until they leave, we're pretty much, that's about it. Now, yes, you can say, well, they come down to the restaurant or whatever. No, now that they're in our hotel, our service level has only just begun. Because everything that they see, everything that they touch, everything they engage with is something that we have influence of control over. How we can make their experience a memorable one or at least at a level that they will want to come back for. And because of that, 
just as it is with marketing. Setting up your strategy, it doesn't maintain itself over the business cycles that your hotel has. Everyone has high seasons, low seasons, mid seasons, shoulder seasons. They have different market segments that they cater to that have highs and lows to them as well. Having one ad campaign or a set of ad campaigns or a set of content on your website as your only standard representation of who you are means that it's gonna be popular sometimes and not popular other times. You need to be adaptive and follow your business cycles and your sources of business with relevant content and relevant advertisement that's targeted to the people that are your business at that time of the business cycle. So again, going through the five points that Ed did a very great job of going through on the blog, marketing to, uh, hotels do damage to themselves by marketing to themselves, only competing at a time of transaction, only spamming their email database, using a discounted base strategy, and setting and forgetting their campaigns. Those are the five things that uh, he mentions that would be great for hotels not to do in their marketing strategy. So again, that link is available in our show notes for show number 129, uh, which will be available at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast forward slash 129 numeric or hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. Some other items that we did discuss that were fun topics. Again, the links for all of these will be available in the show notes. Um, Facebook's getting into um, TV ads, but it's not at the value that you think that it is. It's actually on the TV ads on your Apple TV, on your Google Chrome, on your Kindle, I'm assuming your Kindle, but on your Fire Sticks. Um, the controllable cord cutting engagements. Now, they're not the first in there. As a matter of fact, they're even considered being late to the game. But with the transition of how content is now being fed, and this isn't just cord cutters getting off of their cable or their satellite systems. It's when you look at the market, DirecTV now are, are offering digital channel capabilities on the internet, on bandwidth, that doesn't require a satellite, that doesn't require... Uh, uh, a phone line, it requires internet connectivity. And so because of that, um, it has a whole new implication as to controllable content that you're looking to do. So those kind of changes means that the ad campaigns in that world will have a different value to them as well. And uh, Facebook realizes that and realizes they need to be in the market now um, to make sure that they have a strong presence to it. So again, that link of Facebook getting into TV ads on our show notes. Uh, also, we discussed the uh, good or the bad associated with LinkedIn in-mail ads. I didn't really think of them as being bad things, but Ed had a great perspective as to identifying that even in the best of times, they're invasive by forcing an email into your LinkedIn inbox. Uh, however targeted and well-qualified it is, it still seems to be, in his mind, an intrusion. And um, I think there are some exceptions to that. I think in certain business scales and certain business things, there can be some value proposition, but I do have to agree that mostly unsolicited emails into an inbox is always gonna be looked at negatively before it's looked at positively. So uh, I do think that I will agree mostly with what he has to say with that. So there it is, we ran through, Oh my, about 22, 23 minutes of time, which was about the time that we like to give to all of this. Uh, discussing again, um, the tool for the week is the infographic, free infographic development called Vengage, V-E-N-N-G-A-G-E.com. 
Uh, topics from our recap of our notes you'll find at hospitaldigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. Um, remember, you can, as always, find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, TalkShoe, SoundCloud, Stitcher. No matter which one of these you use, if you like the show, please rate us and leave us a comment. That allows for others to find us and it improves rankings and subscribing and following. And it will notify you when the show comes with a new show, which is every Friday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Fridays we do this show. Uh, which is after, of course, the live show, which we recap within this show. Um, and if you have, uh, if this is your first time hearing us, you can, of course, subscribe to our show on any of those platforms. If, if you use iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or what have you. Um, and if you want any of the archive shows, this is, as I said, uh, show 129. So we've been doing this now for a couple of years every week. Uh, you can certainly go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. And don't forget, as always, our live video talk show that you can join and participate in every Friday at 1030 Central U.S. time uh, called This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing, the show. Um, And that can be found at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live or on housahuzza.io. It's easier just to go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live and subscribe there. It'll send you a notification a half hour before the show starting so that you can join and you're more than welcome to participate. As is also with this podcast, any suggestions of topics, any feedback, any insights, any questions you may have, please direct them to podcast at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. And I promise I will reply to each and every one of them. And if you feel you would like to be interviewed, if you have a thing that you would like to discuss, and bring to it, by all means, contact me. We can discuss it. And if it seems like it would be a shareable page of content or service that's provided, then we'll get you onto the show and do a quick interview and go through a little bit of the process. So with that, I thank you very much for your time. Thank you, as always, for those who subscribe, subscribe to us and keep uh, track of us each week. Um, and we will talk to you again next Friday, uh, which will be the 21st, I think it is. Um, or, 18th, sorry, 18th, 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 um, we will have our next show. So until then, have a great weekend and a great week. Thank you. You have been listening to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast with Lauren Gray. Presented by the Digital Marketing Council of HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International. All views expressed are those of the host and his guests and do not reflect upon HSMAI or the sponsors of the podcast. Podcast and its content is protected by international copyrights. Any use not authorized by hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com is in violation. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details